Welcome to our time of prayer and reflection on the 25th of July, the 8th Sunday after Trinity. Let us pray. God is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. As we gather to worship him, may God help us to lay aside all our other desires and rest in the sure knowledge of Christ's love for us, that our hearts and minds may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. We listen now to Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. Reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to the end. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, for ever and ever. Amen. Psalm 145, verses 10 to 19. All your works praise you, O Lord, and your faithful servants bless you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your mighty power to make known to all peoples your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all ages. The Lord is sure in all his words and faithful in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord, and you give them food in due season. You open wide your hand and fill all things living with plenty. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving in all his works. The Lord is near to those who call upon him, to all who call upon him faithfully. Amen. And a Gospel reading from John chapter 6 verses 1 to 15. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realised that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thank you.
Mo Farah, Elevation and Relegation in a World of Famished Cravings, a talk for the eighth Sunday after Trinity. He has given us so much that we want him to give us more. They couldn't get enough of Jesus, the crowds who constantly pursued him, hanging on his every word, watching his every move, craving his attention, wanting to be close to him, be fed by him. Like fans surrounding an Olympic sports star outside a Tokyo hotel, the Galilean crowds hemmed Jesus in. He taught them and they wanted more. He healed them and they wanted more. He had no time to himself even to eat and they wouldn't leave him be. Jesus tried to escape them to recuperate. They kept on looking for him and they found him again. That's what we do, the masses. We convey greatness on those who stand out from the crowd and then follow them everywhere for a taste of and a share in their greatness. Crowds crave to turn gifted or original people into heroes, put otherwise ordinary people onto pedestals, whether they're sportsmen and women or show business icons or political or religious figureheads. That's an undercurrent of so many of today's news stories around our Olympic athletes. Our craving for them is insatiable. Tom Daly, Adam Peaty, Laura Kenny, Dina Asher-Smith, they have given us so much that we want them to give us more. We know that Jesus was moved with pity for the crowds because they were a sheep without a shepherd and they just couldn't get enough of him. They had an unlimited appetite for Jesus. They were addicted. He'd started as their teacher, then became their healer, then they began to call him a prophet, and now, after eating their fill of the miraculous loaves and fishes, they wanted even more from him. They wanted to make him their king. This endless urge of unrequited desire is an aspect of human nature which theologian Gil Bailey calls a famished craving. The famished craving describes that urge within our societies to be always craving something new. It describes our desire for the attention of others and what they can give us, a hunger which is always unfulfilled. The Galilean crowds desired to make Jesus a king, this figure who fascinated them for a while. Like celebrities, kings are really sacrificial victims with a suspended sentence ones who fascinate us for a time until our famished craving devours them. Those we elevate, we always eventually turn our backs on. Poor old Mo Farah, we elevated him to a knight of the realm and now we've relegated him to the twilight zone of reality TV show appearances. And similarly, the Galilean crowd who had earlier wanted to make Jesus a king rejected him at Calvary, chanting Barabbas' name instead. At these moments when our country is in the grip of an Olympic obsession, or a Wimbledon obsession, or a Gareth Southgate, or a Prince William obsession, is that a famished craving? Or our current urgent drive to get back out into the shops, to crowd together into restaurants and theatres and concert halls, is that a famished craving? or the booming desire for more novelty in our diet, spurring on an ever-expanding global market in food, an underlying cause of the rise in viral catastrophes and pandemics, 
might we call that, a famished craving? Our addiction to social media and our smartphones, is that a famished craving? Or the astonishing boom in production and sales of every kind of consumer item over the past four decades, exponentially higher than ever before, at the very same time we have known more clearly than ever how our rapacity is destroying the planet? Is this the ultimate famished craving of all? Our hunger for others to feed us physically and emotionally is insatiable. We have received so much that we want to have more and more and more. The pleasure in such things is intense but fleeting. And in this pandemic, and in this end time of global overheating, we're more aware than ever of the added physical risks posed by our unbounded appetites. And yet how quickly we will turn on our leaders and on each other when we come up against the finite limits of our ability to fulfill our and each other's desires. But in this world of famished cravings, notice how the compassionate Jesus doesn't give the crowds what they want or think they need. He refuses to feed into and off their obsession with him. Rather, he simply sees that they're hungry and feeds them loaves and fish. With a little boy's help, he shares a gift to release these masses from their world of craving and to invite them to simply trust in his provision instead. The miracle, of course, the ridiculous overspilling of food he produces for them, shows just how super abundant his provision is. In a finite world, where our cravings will never stop famishing us, Jesus invites us to receive instead of his abundance, where there is no limit at all on how much our compassionate God can do for us. Some Christians have understood this and lived joyful, celebratory lives, craving nothing in this world except, in the words of Paul to the Ephesians, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, to be filled with all the fullness of God. One of the happiest, most fulfilled people I've ever known was a Franciscan brother who I used to visit at his communal home just off the teeming Whitechapel Road in East London, a townhouse which was a haven of peace and contentment. In his tiny room, Bernard's worldly possessions amounted to little more than a change of clothes, a couple of books and some writing materials, and yet he craved nothing else for he had learned to trust alone in God's abundance and to receive from it every day. Now the ascetic lifestyle isn't for everyone, but we can each make Paul's prayer for the Ephesians our own, that setting aside our famished cravings, we may find health and healing by looking to God hour by hour, so that we may be strengthened in our inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith as we're rooted and grounded in love. In today's parlance, this is about cultivating good mental health, spiritual well-being. Paul's prayer speaks explicitly to us, today's crowds with all our famished cravings. He announces the good news of Jesus' world of abundance. His prayer is that you, 
may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. May we make this our prayer for ourselves, to learn to leave that world of restless craving behind, and to focus all our desires on God, who provides for us profusely so that we can join in Paul's wonderful affirmation that to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.
us pray. In a finite world where our cravings will never stop famishing us, Jesus invites us to receive instead of his abundance, where there is no limit at all on how much our compassionate God can do for us. God, help us to find health and healing in bowing our knees before you. Father, teach us how to pray. Help us find ways in which we can pay prayerful attention to you, hour by hour, so that our inner being may be strengthened with power through your Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, as we are rooted and grounded in love. Amen. In our prayers today, we pray particularly for MIND, the mental health charity, working to ensure that no one has to face a mental health problem alone and that all who experience a mental health problem are supported and respected through their work of giving advice and support to all those experiencing mental health problems, campaigning to improve services, raise awareness and promote understanding. We ask a blessing. With the Worldwide Anglican Communion today, we pray for the Scottish Episcopal Church and for all our brothers and sisters worshipping today in Scotland. We give thanks for all those who work in education, for their hard work and support during this most difficult of times. We pray for our students who've continued to learn and grow despite the hardships they've faced we ask God that the summer holidays will be a chance for rest and recuperation for all. A moment to remember those we know who are struggling with their health at this time, at home or in hospital or in another place of care. Among some Robert Hurd, Joan Robson, Jane Patton. And as we pray for them, we pray also for those caring for them, that they may know help and blessing in their work. And we remember those who have died, amongst them Jesse Pettiford and Janet Clack, 
and we give thanks for all those who've gone before us in the love and faith of Christ, asking that we may live in the faith and hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Lord and everlasting God, we beseech you to direct, sanctify and govern both our hearts and bodies in the ways of your laws and the works of your commandments, that through your most mighty protection, both here and ever, we may be preserved in body and soul through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we listen now to the hymn, I am the bread of life. blessing. God the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, 
defend you on every side and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.